Uh, let's open our Bibles, please, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And uh, we're going to look at something very important tonight. We're going to talk about abundant life. And uh, you either have it or you don't. You can't fake it. And there are imposters, just like you have the Antichrist, who's copying the true Jesus Christ. Uh, you have a fake prosperity. So we want to look at the abundant life, eternal life, uh, the God-given life. So very famous verse. We're just going to read one verse to begin with. John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, abundant life. Boy, what an amazing doctrine. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless the uh, message. We yield your Holy Spirit. We pray that he would lead and guide us and direct us as to what to say and how to say it. He'd give us uh, the boldness and the power we need uh, to proclaim it. And we pray for our church that we would understand uh, the abundant life, biblical prosperity. Convict us where needs be of uh, defeatism, negative pessimism, uh, moping, whining, complaining. Help us to rise up and uh, understand it and to accept it and to live it. The abundant life. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I've always said, I only want what is mine, God-given. Uh, I don't want anything else. I don't want what God gave anybody else, but I want all that God gave me. And God said that he gave us, excuse me, abundant life. So you have, there's two things important by way of introduction. We need the right spirit, the right attitude about life, but we also need real abundant life. So you have some people trying to act like they have prosperity when they don't. And, you know, you've met these people. How you doing? These are Tony Tiger. Great! You know, uh, you know I don't think it's that good. Um, have you, you know, but, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to always be on positive, on top side. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you have... Uh, well, if you don't have abundant life, you're in for the second death. So, you know, you're born twice, you die once. You're born once, you die twice. And a lot of people don't get the Spirit, and so there are other people. So you have the, the children of God who have eternal life, but they don't realize it, and they're not claiming it. And they're not proclaiming it verbally, and they're not living it. And so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Do you have abundant life or not? If you have it, then you ought to talk about it. You ought to believe it. And your attitude ought to show that. You ought to hold your head up high, have a smile on your face, and you ought to 
be an overcomer. So the Bible says we are more than over, uh, overcomer and we are more than conquerors through him that uh, loved us. So why are so many professing Christians who Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life. We'll look at this in a minute. Why are they so defeated? Uh, and I'm not talking about just going through battles or trials or temptation, persecution. This is a part of life. We're going to have infirmities uh, of the flesh. These things will try us. We will be uh, tempted in the tribulations of life, and we will suffer for Christ because Christ is in us. But why are so many people down? It, it, we live in an, a new world of um, the easiest standard of living, the highest standard of living we've ever had in the history of the world, uh, the most casual life, easy life because of technology, but yet so many people are always down, complaining, woe is me. So I know we're going to be attacked. Yes, we can get attacked, um, and the thief's going to come. He's going to do what? He wants to steal and to kill and to destroy what God has uh, given us. So are we going to rise up above this? Are we going to rise up and accept the abundant life and take what God has for us? Or are we going to have it but not have the right spirit? And so you could possess this and never really utilize it. You could... It could, Christ could be in you, the hope of glory. You never knew it. You never realized it. And sad to say, you never lived the abundant life. I don't know if it's a true story. It's a good illustration. Uh, they say it's true. There was a missionary, uh, left his uh, widowed mother, went away to the mission field. He was committed to God. And he would regularly send his mother uh, money and it was uh, he never went to the currency exchange get it to, to transfer it to US dollars but he'd give her money and uh, she loved her son and there was so much of it as the story goes she began to wallpaper her dining room with it and uh, through time she just had her whole house wallpapered with it there was stacks of it everywhere and uh, finally he came home and his mom was dirt poor just barely getting by and uh, he said mom what are you doing and she said well son I, I barely got by since you left just struggling to exist and she was sitting there on a lot of money uh, and it was right there she never knew it you know she she yeah, wallpapered her house with it. Could have cashed it in. Could have lived um, a high standard of living. She didn't know she had it. And so a lot of Christians are like that. We have abundant life. Do you have it or not? So let's look at some examples of this. Let's turn back to John chapter 4. Uh, book of John is uh, the book of the Son of God and the power of God and the miracles of God in the kingdom. 
And so John is full of this, the abundant life. So look at John chapter 4, if you will, and look at verse uh, 10. So he comes to this Samaritan woman asking for a drink. And so look what it says in John 4.10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well, and drank them himself and his children and his cattle, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So this is that eternal life, that wellspring. Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit after you're saved and, and receive Christ as your Savior. And what is it? It is a wellspring springing up into everlasting life. And if you're saved, you don't have to go look for it. It's in you. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. There's no deals to be made. Once you receive Christ, that abundant life, the wellspring, is in you. Do you believe it or not? All right, look at chapter 6 of uh, John. John chapter 6, and look at verse 32. John six thirty-two. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. What, what does he give? Life. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, he, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have uh, seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So what did he say in verse 35? And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Do we believe it or not? So many people are worried about their stomach, their physical guts. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm hot. I'm tired. I'm uh, cold. All these things. They're always making an excuse. Uh, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough physical strength. When the reality is, if you're saved... Jesus said there's a wellspring inside of you. Do you realize it? Yield it. Let it flow. Uh, it's the abundant life. You'd be surprised what you can do uh, 
on less food, less water, physically, if you let the abundant life live. But we quench it. We make excuses. All right, look at chapter 7. Uh, this is an amazing verse. Look at chapter 7 of John. We ought to all know this. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. And verse 37. John 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So he cries out, If you thirst, come unto me. And what does the Bible say? Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of what? His belly would flow uh, rivers of living water. So we're talking about biblical prosperity, not the American dream, not where you go to college, get a good job, make a lot of money, have money in the bank, make investments. Uh, like the old saying, you got a br brick home with three bedrooms and two baths. That's not enough these days. And you need a two-car garage and you need a bass boat on the side and all this stuff. No, that's not prosperity. Biblical prosperity is when God does it all. Amen. Listen to him. When God does it all. Now, when, when God gives you something... A lot of people have this false modesty, and they say, I don't accept charity. Uh, it's not charity when God gives it to you. It's eternal life, and it's bubbling up, and it's a wellspring, and it's inside of you, and it's relative then to each person because most people don't even realize they have eternal life or all the, all they think about is well when i die i'm not going to go to hell i'll go to heaven i have eternal life no it's a quality of life that sustains itself when you study the ancient of days jesus or when uh, moses asked god he said when pharaoh asked me who sent you? Who do I say? He said, you tell them I am sent you. Not I was, not I will be, I am. The ever-present, almighty, eternal one who can live every moment in real time throughout eternity. Now, we can't understand that. This is eternal life. So, it's not just finances, and it's not just emotional victory and it's not just uh, these things that some people limit it to you might be in the fire 
but the wellspring is springing up. You might be troubled, but that wellspring is still springing up. So the source is in you. It's eternal, the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't live in your head. He didn't say out of your head will flow rivers of living water. No, he said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And it is not finite. It is not limited. It is unlimited. It is eternal. So either you don't have it because you're lost. And if you're lost, you're going to die the second death or you possess it because you're saved, but you're unaware of it. Or you could be aware of it, but you don't release it. You quench it you grieve it. So it's a quality of life. Yes, a quantity of life, prosperity. And we're not talking about the uh, fake gospel of Joel Osteen or the charismatic movement where you can help yourself, name it, claim it, uh, health, wealth, these types of things. We're talking about Bible prosperity. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that increaseth by labor, it said. Now, we'll explain what that means. So God gives you this gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. What, what an amazing, um, amazing verse. So now, if you would, let's turn to John 10. And look at verse 25. Now, do we believe this or not? John 10, 25. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Look at verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand, uh, out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And you know what the Jews did? They were so excited about eternal life. Read the next verse. Then the Jews took up stones again. You'd be surprised how many people had rather have the second death and temporal life and the American dream and absolutely not just reject eternal life, they want to kill it. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. All right, look at chapter 11 of John. Boy, I love this verse, verse 25. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? Do you believe that Jesus Christ gives those who believe in him eternal life. 
That is not just quantity. It's a quality. And if it's in you, it's a wellspring bubbling up. Bubbling up. Now, we're not talking about false charisma. We're not talking about how to win friends and influence people. We're not talking about how to raise your sale quota. We're not talking about how to have a lot of friends. No. No. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And if you have one true friend, you've got more than most people. A true friend who will love you all the way through, through the good and the bad. Not talking about that. We're not talking about a bubbly energy or some human charisma. Not talking about some uh, giddy effervescence. You know, some people, they, uh, they're always trying to fake people out. You know, <laughs> laughing. You, know, you can see them start to go down a little bit. They've got that bubble. They shake it up like carbonation. Spray it on everybody. No, nothing like that. This is real. This comes from God. This has nothing to do with your personality. You could be boring, stoic. You could be stern. You could have conviction. Uh, you could have some backbone. And you, you could have the wellspring bubbling up. You may be friendly and kind and jovial and be able to make people laugh and have the wellspring bubbling up. The abundant life has nothing to start it, needs nothing to sustain it. Uh, I love that in Ezekiel 28, uh, when it talks about God and also Lucifer, the anointed cherub that covereth, which is also mentioned in um, Isaiah 14. It says, when they saw God, it was a fire enfolding itself. So this fire went up, and like a fountain of fire, went back down, and it was the fuel that fueled itself. Didn't need fuel. Didn't need anything or anybody to originate it or sustain it. And the wellspring of the Holy Spirit always was, always will be, this is the abundant life. Now, a lot of times... We forget this because the devil wants to destroy it, wants to steal it, and he wants, he wants to keep us from living that abundant life. He wants us to be defeated. He wants us to think that we don't have enough. He wants us to be deceived into living a natural life, not a supernatural life. And Jesus said, greater works than these will they do that believe on my name. Do we believe that or not? Will we claim it and name it the right way? The right way. So it's never wanting. It's never lacking. This is, he said, I give unto them eternal life. So John 14, 6, we quote it all the time. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
I've always thought about, since the, since the time I got saved, um, I always liked the book of Jeremiah. Um, and there's a great passage in there which says that Israel, they have forsaken the fountain of living water and hewn them out a cistern. That's what they did. Rather than have the abundant life of God's presence and God's provision always there, above and beyond, they went out and forsook that. They dug them a hole, if you've ever seen a cistern, and the cistern is dependent upon runoff of rainwater. And the cistern is dependent upon the wind. And the cistern can grow stagnant. It can even become polluted. But those who have eternal life understand it. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, without him, all things are possible with him. But without him, we can do nothing. And if we understand this and we start thinking biblically, thinking and accepting with the right spirit of abundant life, God's going to do something. And not just something. He already is. He already has. He continues to do it before our very eyes. But without it, think about it. Failure. Limitations, lack and want, poverty. So God wants to give us prosperity. This is what we are uh, teaching, giving you the introduction. So that's why the psalmist said, we quote it all the time, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Never. You know why? They have abundant life. That the abundant life is not only the ability to have food and water physically, God always provides for His own. Always has, always will. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You know, but so many Christians are saying, I can't. I don't think it can, or not only that, they'll say, I won't. I'm not going to do it. But the abundant life says, I can't, but God can do it in me, and God can do it through me. So, in the will of God, this abundant life, the thief is coming to steal it, to kill, and to destroy, to hinder to withstrain, to stifle, to be an obstacle, to seek whom he may devour, to grieve, and to quench. But what is the abundant life? Eternal life. And eternal life is so great. It has nothing to do with us. All we have to do is realize we have it and yield to it and let it flow. That's why the Bible says we're to be filled with his fullness. That's interesting terminology. Filled with his fullness. 
Now, I want you to turn uh, to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. So you have the book of beginnings, and then you have the power of God through the Son of God, all through it. John 4, John 6, John 7, uh, as we read, John 10, John 11, many other places. So look at Genesis 39 and look at verse 1. It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now look what it says. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a what? Prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So, once again, what is the origin of biblical prosperity? The presence of God, the eternal one. If God is with you, and you're with God, God's going to prosper you. Now, you say, well, no, wait a minute. Don't get your own definition of prosperity. Uh, you know, well, I can get a new car every two years or, you know, uh, whatever. No, that, isn't, that isn't biblical prosperity. So biblical prosperity is success God's way. We quote it all the time, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. That's why wealth gotten by vanity shall do what? Be diminished. But if you got it by labor, we're going to look at this later on, Lord willing. Labor. What is the labor? Takes hard work to look at this book, to memorize it, to hide it in your heart, to memorize it, to have the repetition, to, to live it so that then you apply it and then you've got the presence and the power of God on your life and God's going to make what you do prosper. And remember, Joshua was the leader of Israel into the promised land. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a king. But God said he'd make whatsoever he do to prosper. And you say, no, no. Uh, why didn't my garden grow? Right. Uh, there's, re there's a reason. There's a reason. Didn't say, it, say it'd be perfect. You know, remember when he told this to, to uh, Joseph, he was sent to prison, right? He was betrayed by his own brothers. Uh, his heart was broken. He knew that his father's heart was broken. Uh, everything was not exactly right all the time. But God's going to come through in the end, all right? They shall overcome at the last, the Bible says. So God's presence... It's what makes us prosper. God's presence. All right, let's look at another verse. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 28. 
So this is the law. We know that we're not under the law in this dispensation. But we know that there are principles, spiritual principles, that apply to every dispensation. So look at Deuteronomy 28. And uh, look at, well, let, let's start looking at um, verse, I'm sorry, it's, did I say 28? Yeah, um, 28 verse 29. It says, now this is if they turn on God. It says, thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed. This sounds like the average church member. No, not in our church, but uh, oppressed and spoiled, and no man shall save thee. What a sad thing. All right, look at chapter 29 of uh, Deuteronomy. And look at verse... Eight, Deuteronomy 29.8 it says and we took their land and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half tribe of Manasseh keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that you do so how are we going to prosper number one you got to have God's presence if you're saved it's Christ in you the hope of glory your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have the wellspring in the New Testament dispensation of life, the abundant life. The second thing, though, you have to be right with the Word of God. You have to be right with the Word of God. Plainly said in Deuteronomy 28, if you don't do it, nothing you'll do is going to prosper. But if you get right with the book, right there, you get right with the book, and you hide it in your heart, and you do it, whatsoever you do will prosper. So let's look in conclusion. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 1, and uh, we quoted this part of it uh, earlier. Joshua chapter 1, and uh, I love this passage of entering the promised land. Look at Joshua chapter 1, and look at verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, there it is, which Moses my servant commandeth thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And we just quoted verse 8. So, what is he saying? You have to have courage and you have to have confidence that God's word is true. God's not a liar. God is in you. And it's, he's a wellspring bubbling up, and it has no limitations, and needs nothing to start it and nothing to sustain it, and it's eternal, 
And we need to have this courageous confidence when we face life. I not only can do this, God's going to do it. And He's not just going to do it to get by. It's going to be abundant. So we'll look at this more, but abundance is not just what you need, way, way much more than what you need. But you know how many people are just like Israel, brought back an evil report, 10 of the 12 spies brought back an evil report of unbelief, oh, we can't do it, there's giants in the land, there's walled cities, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Only Joshua and Caleb said, we are more well than able to take this land. Why? God gave it to us. And it's as good as ours. And he told Joshua, Whithersoever the foot, thy foot treadeth upon, it's yours. There's the true name it and claim it. There's the true name it. It's mine. Why? Not because of me. God gave it to me. I want that mountain. I want what God has given me. And God has given us abundant life. You know, are we going to believe this or not? Now, when you're having financial trouble, focus on abundant life. When you're having health problems, focus on abundant life. When you have an injury that won't heal, focus on abundant life. When you're being tested and tried and tempted, Focus on the abundant life. When you have relationship struggles, focus on abundant life. When you have soul winning trouble and ministry difficulties, we need to walk in there with our head up and say, God's given me eternal life. He said, I'll never die. And, and whatsoever I do would prosper. And it's a wellspring. And I came to force my way into this situation. Look out, I'm coming through. All right, so it's a fountain. Or, are you going to dig you a little cistern? Sure hope it rains. Sure having a rough time. No, are you going to have the abundant life? All right, let's stand.